Hi, friends. Thanks for tuning in to In Other News, a random podcast about stuff. The kind of stuff you think about every day, or at least some days. Here's the setup. Once upon a time, three young guys worked together to deliver news and weather from a local TV station. Today, they're a little older, a little wiser, and they're back to discuss the things that really matter. And a few things that don't. Thanks for listening. Now here's Axel, Joe, and Adam. Hey, everybody. Welcome to In Other News, our little podcast with me, Axel, Joe, Adam, and Axel. And wait, there's only one of me. Yes. Uh, did I say Axel twice? You did. <laughs> no. there, there are a lot of little Axels. I guess so, yeah. My, my alter ego, Mabel, maybe. How are you guys? It's uh, Spring has sprung here in southeastern Minnesota. Oh, yes. Glorious spring. It feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, doesn't it? snow piles are almost gone by the driveway and in the shrubs. So, yeah, spring is almost here. That's awesome. The surest sign my... of spring is that the voles have emerged, like the snow piles oh, melt, and yes. I realize the damage to my yard. A sign of uh, spring in the gumble house is that the kids get sent outside to pick up sticks and branches so that daddy can start mowing in a few weeks, hopefully. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> if only they would listen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, guys, uh, let's hop right into it. This is uh, season four, episode two, I believe, right? Yep. I think you're two. right. And this is a special one because we actually have a guest again today. We haven't right. had a guest in a long time. Um, uh, and Adam, in a while, I'll let you introduce her in just a bit, but um, because we have to, you you know her best, right? You know her best. You'll It'll make sense in just Theoretically, a few I do. Yeah. Theoretically, yes. <laughs> but uh, let's introduce our topic first. We're going to dive into the topic of homeschooling today. This has been on our list for quite a while, I think, guys. We've talked about this maybe for over a year. And it homeschooling has, uh, I looked around earlier, this has obviously skyrocketed during the pandemic. I found one statistic that says between 2019 and the end of 2020, the percentage of homeschooled students has jumped from 3 to now 9%. So you could say almost 1 in 10 students are yeah. in homeschool right now. And in your house, Adam, this has long been a trend even before the pandemic, and that's where our very special guest comes in. And Adam, I will give you the honors to introduce her. Yes, in our house, three of three uh, children were homeschooled. So um, so we searched high and low for the expert in this and uh, managed to find her under our roof uh, at the Bray's house. It's It's a little bit intimidating to... I will admit it's a little bit intimidating to try and introduce your uh, amazing <laughs> teacher and wife and best friend and partner, but okay, so here we go. So um, so our expert today uh, is my lovely wife, uh, Amy Braze, uh, who has been a homeschool mom for, ooh, I would say decades, but- um, <laughs> One decade. Uh, one decade. Uh, and um, has really been engaged in the, the homeschool community as well. We've served on the, the board of uh, the homeschool uh, group here in Rochester. There are like 600 families in Rochester that, oh, wow. that homeschool their kids. And so uh, so we've been involved in this. And now our, our kids are kind of, you know, they're starting to, to age out as they go on to their to their careers and to college and those sorts of things. But uh, Axel, we know this has been an interesting topic for you. It's certainly something that's near and dear to us. Uh, just to be clear, the way that the arrangement works in the Brace House is we have an expert teacher uh, who has led homeschool over these years. 
I generally serve as the principal, which means uh, securing the funding for homeschool and making sure that the <laughs> teachers don't go on strike, um, <laughs> which some days can be a difficult job. Uh, but uh, it's really been a blessing for us, and we're we're happy to share kind of our insights on it with others. Although Amy probably has the best insights, so. Amy Brace. Welcome, welcome Amy. Yeah. Thank you so much Hello. for joining us. Yes. Hi, guys. Well, I am no expert, but I'm super excited to be on your podcast. I'm a huge fan, big follower. <laughs> You're the um, one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do think this is this is a highlight of my life for sure. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm happy to be here and share a little bit about our experience. Well, that is awesome, Amy. Thanks so much. Uh, I thought we would start, you know, uh, with the probably the question that every non-homeschool family might ask themselves: how How did you guys get into it? You know, there has to be maybe a moment or something that led you to say, "Let's give this a try." And I can't imagine this being an easy decision either. So, why don't you maybe start? Telling us a little bit about how you got into this, because it's been a few years now. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, you're actually right about all of that. There was a moment, actually, and it was not easy. <laughs> um, but first, I think I should preface it by saying that I, um, we as a family are a huge supporter of public schools and private schools. Um, I taught at Washington Elementary um, many years ago in Rochester, Minnesota, and I have my master's degree as well. Um, plus our oldest kids, our oldest two, went to Washington Elementary for five years before we decided to homeschool. Um, and it actually wasn't for a negative reason about their schooling experience that we decided. Um, instead, it was it was more positive. I actually attended the funeral of a friend who was like a mentor. And some of the things her family displayed were from their homeschooling experiences. And I noticed... Um, She had like a a keepsake binder, very simple for each of their children with homeschool memories. And I just really felt like something just um, hit me in that moment. And honestly, it was like a voice in my head. I believe it was the voice of God that said, you should homeschool. And I thought, no, I, I honestly didn't know anything really about homeschooling. I knew some friends that did, but had never pictured us doing that. But you, but you had teaching experience, right? So that teaching experience maybe gave yes. a little bit of comfort. Probably, probably. But um, like I said, I was a huge fan of our experience as well. So why would we ruin a good thing? You know, why, yeah, would, no we rock, why would we rock that boat? But I just really felt like as I looked at the legacy that she left, and even though she you know, she passed away and her kids were still home. I felt like the time she spent with them was, you know, a hundred percent and just no regrets. And I just, it just kept coming to mind. I kind of, you know, put it away on a shelf and it just kept coming to my mind. And, um, Adam and I were on a date, I think either that evening or a few evenings later. And, I brought it up and I thought he would just say something sarcastic or laugh or, you know, say no way. And instead he kind of smiled and said he had sincerely thought about that too sometimes. Oh, wow. And I thought, oh no, (laughs) 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 because I knew then we might go down that road. And so we talked, um, I still remember the booth we were sitting in (laughs) at the restaurant. Um, and then we just revisited the other night. It's an entirely different restaurant now, but uh, we sat in the same. (laughs) We did. And I reminded him and he didn't remember that moment, but I, I very clearly did because it definitely rocked my world. Um, 
But I remember we said, well, I guess we could learn more about it. There's a big conference in Minnesota once a year. I wonder when that is. And Adam pulled out his phone and, oh, sure enough, it was that weekend. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so we decided we would just go without mentioning it to many people at all. Um, just Including your kids? We didn't tell our kids, no. Okay. We just thought we'd go and it probably isn't something we'd pursue, but we'd just learn about it. So we sure. went up to the cities is where it was at and in the Twin Cities. And we tried to just slip in anonymously, um, but we ended up seeing so <laughs> many people that we knew from Rochester. And we had no idea that many of these people we knew homeschooled. Um, and then the speakers and the workshops, there's a gigantic curriculum fair. And I was just so excited about everything I learned and saw and all the normal people. <laughs> you know, I just thought, oh my goodness, these are all people like us. I, we know these people. We had no idea they did this. Um, we fully so we both, walked into the conference, I think, thinking that it was going to be us and a, and a bunch of really very different people. Like a fringe uh, audience, which, yeah, yeah. you know, right, yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah, not. And, it was like and us I, and people yeah. like us. I would say the majority. And of course, you have people from all backgrounds that homeschool and all interests as well. But um, but so many people like us. And so we both came home feeling pretty pumped up about it and kind of on the same page. But then we had to share it with the kids. Um, and so we sat them down at the table and we shared our desire, but we told them we would only do it if they were all on board. So currently we had a preschooler, a second grader and a fourth grader. Um, and was, was Amy, was this sort of in the middle of the school year or maybe was it summertime? Um, I believe this was right around March. Okay. So right about this time of year. And so March or April, um, one of them immediately went, yes. And then, oh, <laughs> and, and then got tears. <laughs> so they kind of rode a roller coaster of emotions about the idea of it. Um, and so we just waited it out a few days and asked them to think about it, pray about it. And then ultimately they all came on board and said, yes, we should homeschool next fall. Wow. So, yeah. But then um, honestly, the hardest part was sharing our plan with our extended family and our friends and our elementary school principal and teachers. Um, that was honestly the hardest part of the whole transition for me. Because you're you're really cutting a whole bunch of ties, at least initially, yes. right? You, you're yeah. exiting out of a system that has yeah. supported you in many ways. Right. And that was like home to me when I was a teacher on staff. And it, like I said, it was going well. That's where the kids' friends were. It's where I volunteered. Um so we were really stepping quite far out of the box. And it, and like I said, we were homeschooling really, um, or like you said, Axel, before it was cool, you know, before yeah. pandemic homeschooling. <laughs> and so it was difficult to ex explain our decision without others feeling like we were unhappy with the school. Um, and some expressed worry and concern for our kids, which didn't help it either <laughs> because I already had some doubts, you know, like what if I did everything I could to make learning engaging, but they just stared at me blankly. Um, or what if our youngest never learned to read because she was really the raw material. She had never gone to school yet. Sure. Um, or what if the kids felt lonely? What if they grew up to resent us because we pulled them out of a normal life? Um, but, but at the same time, I would imagine, Amy, you know, so you, you can take the kids out of school at any point. Mm -hmm. You would have probably had the option to quit that, too. And, and no, 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 you actually, can't. Not at the school like we were at, which was a really? school because the uh, lottery school pulled out of the hat. Um, 
So once you leave, there's no going. Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) And so, yeah. So, I mean, not that we couldn't have gone, you know, to um, our school here would have been Pine Island and that would have been a good choice too. But, um, but yeah, this was definitely what I considered a permanent change. So thankfully I did feel such a deep desire and conviction that I was able to get through that time of question and doubt and that Adam and I were on the same page really helped. Um, That's, that's, that's wonderful. So, Mm -hmm. you know, practically, how do you prepare for this? I mean, you, you know, things like classrooms, supplies, the principal, right? That was going to be, that was going to be my (laughs) question too. Like, okay, you're teaching two to three different grade levels with your kids at the same time. So uh, how does that work? Well, honestly, it helped so much at that conference um, just to hear, like the main theme I heard was relax, relax. Kids will learn in spite of you, (laughs) what you do right, what you do wrong. Kids are just um, programmed to learn. If you just give them the resources, the time, the support. Um, And so that honestly helped me. Um, I read as much as I could over the summer. And honestly, it actually meant undoing a lot of my ideas about education. Um, you know, just how kids learn and what they need and how long they should be, you know, sitting down each day working on schoolwork. And um, I did, thankfully, we were privileged to have a room where we could, you know, I could set it up like a like a little classroom, which I loved. I, you know, did the bulletin boards and I you know, decorated it and got everybody's supplies all ready. And by the um, way, that room has now become my office. Right. I it became has. a teleworker. <laughs> <laughs> and your podcast recording location. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm surrounded by many genres of books. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, um, I learned then that most homeschoolers don't actually limit themselves to a room. Most just have a shelf or a basket for each child to keep their books and supplies in, but honestly, they learn all over the house and in the yard and at a park and in the car. Um, and so, so yeah, I just, I had to actually just, um, open up my ideas of what education looks like and instead start to see it as more of a lifestyle and let all of our decisions be filtered through it from Mm -hmm. what magazine subscriptions we get. And when we go to the library and let's get a zoo membership and things like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I, so Joe Adam, you have to interrupt me because I have a million questions for me. So you just budge in whenever you want to budge in. I, I think on that, on that point, there's, you know, there's a, a whole bunch of different ways that people approach homeschooling. There's even a, mm-hmm. there's even a concept called unschooling where yes. it's really just by learning and the kids kind of direct their own education and it's based on their, you know, their interest and their desires and you just let them pursue, uh, pursue their passions and they learn by that and they learn by following you and that model. And on the other end of the spectrum, there's, you could go out and buy curriculum and have a very specific, almost school, you know, uh, school like experience where you have, uh, you know, specific curriculum and there's homework every day and those sorts of things. But I think one of the things that, that in, in Amy, you know, this better than, than I do, but, you really lose the sense of a grade level uh, when you homeschool, right? <laughs> because you think of, oh, I have a kindergartner or I have a fifth grader sure. and you mm-hmm. you lose that. In fact, you know, with with our youngest now, half the time, I don't even know what grade she's in because she may be, <laughs> you know, she she may be working at a, a 12th grade level in one class and 
you know, uh, seventh grade level in another class. And, mm -hmm. and you just lose that sense of, of grades because you can, um, you can accelerate if it's something that they're experienced in, or you can take a little bit more time on a subject if it's something that, yeah. you know, is a little bit harder to grasp. Well, and it is nice because the kids don't really know them. They're not comparing themselves to peers all day long. Um, they're just continuously growing and learning at their own pace. And so actually many of the homeschool books and curriculum and things I've used don't even have a grade level on them. So um, I kind of have a general sense, but the kids have not. And so, that, that kind of gets me to my next question. Can you walk us through how, what would a typical day look like? Because one thing I found interesting is homeschooling does not necessarily mean that you homeschool your kids from, you know, like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Mm -hmm, it is mm -hmm. more, uh, it's maybe less structured. So how, how was, how was, how was a typical day in yeah. your house? Well, it's actually very different depending on the age. So we've gone through several seasons. Um, when we started, I was more structured because I still had a teacher mindset mm -hmm. and I knew the kids were coming out of a classroom mindset too. So we had a very strict more strict schedule where we had a wake up time, a breakfast time, and we, I actually rang a little bell and they all came to the schoolroom. Um, <laughs> and then we would, um, which we should quick point out, you had a name for your school, right? What, what, yes, that was one of the, the first things we did was we used our, our street name, so Sunnyview Lane. So we became oh, I love it. Sunnyview Academy, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which just helped. I tried to make things as you know, as normal as I could for the kids, because like I said, they were school kids. Um, I do remember vividly seeing the bus go by on that first day of school for neighbor kids. Oh, on, yeah. <laughs> on one hand, I felt really grateful because our kids used to spend three hours on the bus each day. Um, they'd spend an hour and a half in the morning transferring between two buses and an hour and a half on the way home. Oh, my goodness on the days when I couldn't take them because I was doing daycare here. Um, so uh, that I was grateful because I felt like they were getting some of their childhood back. Um, but on the other hand, I felt a wave of panic. Like, what, what have we done? Kids aren't on that bus. Um, and then I went to Target with them because we had decided we wouldn't start our school year for at least a week later, because you can do that. You can set your days whenever and you don't even have to do a certain number of days when you homeschool and so here I was pushing the cart through Target but I was really aware that there weren't many other kids there and I felt really self-conscious and I told oh, them just course, to yeah. close hold on to the cart smile and be polite <laughs> <laughs> but you know our first day finally came and it went really well and I, I really tried to make that first year extra fun because I felt like I had to sell it to the kids mm -hmm. um but yeah, it, it has changed over time. Um, one thing I found interesting and that I loved was that there was so much we could do together, no matter what their age. Um, so we had, you know, a little morning opening each day with, you know, we'd talk about the calendar and the weather and the, the news and we'd have words of the day and um, current events, things like that. Um, I'd pull out jokes and riddles and, you know, mind benders and just anything I came up with that I thought would be fun for all of them. And then um, they would each do their own level for um, math. So did you, did you purchase a curriculum, a homeschool curriculum? Um, for some things I did. And for some things um, we just kind of found things as we went or came up with things. Okay. Um, I would say most of the time I, I do purchase things, but I also, I'm not afraid to change it if it doesn't seem to be engaging. Sure. Um, there's a lot of uh, it. 
among us in the homeschool community, we do a lot of swapping and buying and selling used curriculum. So it's pretty easy to to kind of ditch something if it's not working for your kids and find something else. Um, But yeah, so we would also... Um, We would do history together, oftentimes science together, because those are topics, honestly, that even me as an adult can learn from, um, you know, the younger children's books that you can get at a library. And so I feel like they can all take something age appropriate from one single book or an experiment. Um, And when the kids got older, they did their own level of those things, too. But when they were younger, it was really nice to to just do those things together. And then I might ask, you know, my oldest one to write something or, you know, they would each have maybe a different assignment based on the same reading. Um, And then we always did a read aloud too on the couch after lunch. And that was just a book, uh, you know, that I would just read to them. And that was just downtime. So, so yeah, um, that was, that was a typical day uh, when they were younger and we would, we would wrap up by one o'clock probably. Okay. Um, And I can honestly say I have learned as much, if not more than the kids, you know, just, just going through things with them. But as I've gotten older, they've become so independent. So I consider myself more of a manager than a teacher now. Um, I'm just around to help if they get stuck, to make sure they're doing things, um, to find them good resources and find them good curriculum. But I mean, what are, what are the measures of success? You know, like, do you do testing and grading or, you know, you yeah. mentioned that there wasn't a firm number of days you had to do it on like in a public school where it's like at my kid, at my school, I think it's 173 days or something like that. Sure. sure. Yeah. I think like 180 is average for most schools. So uh, we just set our calendar, um, you know, basically usually we go after some of our early September birthdays we start and then, <laughs> um, we end basically when June hits. And so there might be some practice. You know, I give them reading lists over the summer. I make a bookmark with books that I'd like them to read and, and they might do math practice, but, but we just set our own calendar. We take breaks when we need to, we travel during off seasons when we can, when things are less busy. Um, We have snow days. Yeah. Or Sundays. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it's, it's nice just to, just to relax and let the kids, you know, sleep uh, as much as they need to and kind of go with more of their own natural rhythms. Um, But you asked about assessment. Um, When they were younger, I I didn't really feel like it was necessary to test because I was right alongside them. I could tell, you know, if they were learning. Um, We are required to do one standardized test each year. So that's, so we always did the Iowa basic skills when they were younger. And then you know, as they get older, the ACT can count for that. And so, so that really gives us a good idea. And, you know, I was, I was pleased by those results. Um, the idea though, we don't have to show those to anyone. It's just, the idea is that we would have the integrity to seek help for our kids if, if they're not doing well. <clears throat> In the end, a mother's intuition goes a long way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And uh, yeah, it really does. Mm-hmm. I think you, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Axel. I think too, one of the things, you know, that, that at least was on my mind is like, are they going to be prepared for college? Right. Or what does that college experience look like? And, and Mm -hmm. I think we found it to be very interesting in that, that our kids and the circles that we've talked to, um, those that choose to go to college actually are very well prepared in some cases, even highly recruited from colleges, 
um, you know, get get scholarships, even though they don't have the traditional school experience coming into a college. Many colleges have recognized like these are these are good students. Um, because Again, one Adam, the- I can throw I can throw in a great statistic here to that topic exactly. <laughs> I I saw that sixty seven percent of homeschoolers are successfully graduating from college compared to only fifty nine percent of public mm-hmm. school students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think in in the other thing that you would see is that they're they're generally because um, a lot of homeschoolers are interacting with their siblings and they're interacting with others in the community. They have more what I would call generational relationships versus peer relationships. So, you know, if you're in a large school, let's say you were in a school of 1800 in seventh grade, a lot of your peers and your interactions are going to be with a whole bunch of other Mm -hmm. seventh graders. If you're a homeschooler, you might be interacting with, uh, you know, with, with peers who are, you know, in seventh grade, they might, you know, you might have a, who's a senior or you might be yeah. working with somebody who's a fourth grader and so you have your, your relationship dynamic is is very different and it kind of requires the kids to think about how do I have relationships that span you know multiple ages even multiple generations well I think that's it is the most common criticism and misunderstanding about homeschooling is socialization um, and I heard that and read that and then I got so many questions myself about that. And they would say, well, my biggest concern for you is socialization. And But overwhelmingly, the only socialization problem that we've had the last 10 years is that there's so many opportunities. It's a challenge to be home enough because there's so much socialization going on and in our co-ops and activities and things like that. Um, and opportunities in the community. So we just have to work at being home enough so that we can get some of the more traditional type things done. Um, So I really think we have to turn that question back to people and say, what do you mean or how do you define socialization? Because um, if you really think about it that way, most, I, I can't say all, but most homeschoolers do socialize quite a bit. And, and it does depend on on the parents and their ability to get the kids out and about and their desire to do so as well. Well, it goes back to what you said earlier, Amy. Uh, it seems like that may, most people may have this idea that homeschooling, there is no support system. But as you then suddenly mm-hmm. saw going to that conference, there right. are hundreds of people, many of them you knew, and right. you, there is a existing support structure you can fall back on all the time. There really is. And I'm sure it depends on the community you live in. Um, you know, where I grew up in rural Iowa, obviously that's not going to be, you know, as easy of a place to homeschool and connect with many families. But here where we live outside of Rochester, Minnesota, it's it's really like a haven for homeschooling. And I, I do believe also because of the pandemic that it, it's become more normal and there's a lot more people who have had and accepted yeah. it now. and accepted. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I had a a question about the uh, advantages that you see to homeschooling. And you mentioned some of them, that the the time you spend with your Mm -hmm. kids um, and and leading them through their uh, educational journey. I would imagine flexibility is also, uh, you touched on that a bit, that you start your school year when it works for you and you schedule your time that works for you. What are some of the other advantages that you found that of homeschooling that maybe uh, you didn't realize when you started or other people um, you've shared with other people? 
Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the clock just slowed down in every way. Um, like we talked about just a lot more family time, a lot more, um, uh, for us, like the health aspect is important with some health issues in our family, just for everybody to get the sleep they need and not to be, um, running in the rat race so much. Um, no longer stressful due dates or projects to prove that you've learned something. No, no homework at night because it's all homework during the morning. Um, and so, so yeah, the clock just slowed down. We were able to invest time and resources into the kids and their individual strengths. So we've, we've raised a carpenter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He was always, he was always our little Bob the builder when he was younger. And so we, you know, we saw that in him and we've just tried to give him time to, to develop that. And, um, you know, when he was a junior in high school, he had finished all of his high school requirements here. So he was able to go for free to our community college through the PSEO program. And wow, nice. Yeah. So he'll now as a high school senior, get his carpentry certificate um, before he even graduates high school. And so that was a huge advantage for him. And it also was kind of a uh, you know, a, a non-risky way of him trying it before he gets, before he graduates high school, um, just to make sure that's what he really wants to do. And, um, and we have another one who loves art and she wants to be an animator specifically for Disney if, if everything aligns. And so, you know, we've invested in, um, some art classes and, and given her a lot of extra time and resources and, and things like that to develop those skills. And, and then we've got another one who wants to actually be an elementary teacher and (laughs) she'll probably be in a public school, which is interesting. So (laughs) it might just come full circle. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Uh, one other, uh, aspect of this I wanted to touch on Amy is uh, sort of like the financial piece, right? Because when you decided to homeschool, then you also decide to give up your own job. And you mentioned you purchase some things and, you know, you sign up for extracurricular activities. How did that work for you as a family? You had to maybe, you know, redo your budget. Right. Well, I feel very privileged because not everybody has this um, option. Um, You know, not everybody can have one parent full time at home to do this. And so I, I was technically home already with the kids. I always had some sort of, I was either a freelance writer or doing daycare. I had a home bead business for a while. I always was doing something on the side, but when we started homeschooling, this became my full focus. And so we weren't really sacrificing a lot of income, I'll say. Um, But we did start to um, channel (laughs) a lot more into this new passion. And so, although I do wonder how much we also saved, um, you know, true. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of fees that come with just being part of the school. Um, and like, you know, even clothing, keeping up with your friends and you know, what, what do they have and what do the kids want? And, um, you know, being part of this and that club or whatever. So I, I think some of it was a wash, but for sure, um, there are some expenses. And I think when they were younger, it was probably about a couple hundred per child, um, and then of course you can hand it down to the younger kids, but oh, sure. in high school, as they get to be junior high and high school, if you really want what's considered some of the gold standard curriculum, um, that can be, you know, a hundred or more per subject. So it does get a little spendier. Um, it just depends. Now, that being said, I do know some people have homeschooled 
for free. They haven't bought any curriculum. They use the library or they they get donations from other families. And so, so it is possible to do it on a very strict budget, but um, for sure there is an investment. Mm-hmm. And and the, you know, the reason, isn't, oh, sorry, Axel. But I was going to say the reason I asked this is because you know, recently, I, I I paid my my uh, little guy's preschool bill, and it's a it's about a thousand dollars per oh. school year. Mm-hmm. And then I asked myself, you know, okay, so what what do I get out of this thousand uh, dollars? You know, sure, yeah. he has a great time. He's starting to learn his letters and numbers and all that. But gosh, sometimes I think, you know, for a thousand dollars, I could do a lot of other things with him that sure. may have the same results, right? So sure, right, right, right. It it all comes down to a choice, um, yeah. and it, and the ability of of the family to do that. Um, I do, I do know some situations where homeschooling has not worked well, so I'm not naive in saying, Oh, it, it's the best choice for everyone. But, um, I do think if, if there's a parent who has a passion for it and wants to do it, that's the most important piece of it, um, in whether or not it will succeed. Um, and if, if it's just for a reason of pulling a child out because there's a bad situation at school, I think that's a little tougher because the parent might not be fully desiring what it takes um, to make homeschool pleasant and fun and engaging. Yeah, kind of on an impulse decision. Yeah, right, right. And also, I think it also matters if there's siblings at home. It is harder if there's just one child because um, you have to you have to work more at finding those opportunities to be social and to have experiences in the community. So it just it depends on each family. Amy, it's it's not. Uh, we should probably talk about because it's not all rainbows and puppies no, uh, no. every day, and should probably talk about some of the hard times. I was uh, just going to ask if there was a day or a time where you thought, <laughs> you know, gosh, I don't know if I can do this any longer. Yeah, well, um, I was pretty committed, no matter what. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, even for Adam, I mean, there were sacrifices. It sounds like I've done it all, but you know, many of his PTO days became field trip days and, you know, relaxing nights at home became him playing the role of tech support <laughs> guidance counselor for me. <laughs> um, occasional tutor, if I didn't, you know, understand something the kids were working through. Um, so, so it's been both of us for sure. But um, some days I felt a little stuck at home. You know, I didn't have my own time at all. I, especially when they were younger, I felt stuck in the kitchen because now I was lunch lady in addition to breakfast and dinner. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and then there's the financial commitment. And then also, you know, when problems arise relationally with one of the kids or, or several, there's not really like a place to send them for the day for a break. It's like, everything has to be faced head on. Um, because you're just living together and and you're just together all the time. And so in some ways that's hard, in some ways that's good because you do just have to face it and and work it out. But um yeah, it wasn't it wasn't always easy, but it got easier as as time went on, I'll say. Adam, do you think? Yeah, I mean the the you know the first two years, I uh, it wasn't uh, entirely uncommon to get a call at work saying um Superintendent, you, we need you to work on this when you get home. Um, well, I don't think it was a call, probably a text. I don't think I called you. <laughs> but um, but I think that as you know, as we kind of got into our rhythm and understood kind of the uniqueness of each kid and how they how they learned and how they approached things, um, you know, I think that helped everybody. 
And uh, Axel, to your economics question, a couple of important points to that. I mean, you know, so we uh, there aren't a lot of tax breaks. In fact, there may not be any tax breaks. Um, okay. In fact, you still pay. We still pay taxes to public schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and think that that's just part of our you know contribution to the community. Um, and so, it, you you can you could spend a a lot. You could spend a lot of money on homeschooling, or you can do it. You know, relatively economically. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, and I love how you you know you're not you're not saying public schools are bad and your motivation for this didn't come out of a bad experience with the public Mm -hmm. school system. It was something entirely unrelated and it was a choice you made as a family. And my gosh, you guys have, I mean, the, the side effects of it are just so many fold. You guys have grown as a family and you see the dividends pay off now with the kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're still just normal kids, you know, yeah, exactly. strengths and weaknesses. And, um, but, uh, but I'm really pleased with just who they've grown up to be so far and just, um, you know, their self-confidence in their areas of their own passions. And, um, so yeah. we should ask Amy, how many, so you are sort of, it's not quite the home stretch yet, but you, mm-hmm. uh, you are sort of past the halfway point really with all your kids, right? Right. So yeah, our youngest Sadie will um, have one more year after this with me and then she'll likely um, go to the community college for PSEO as well. Sure. And so, so yeah, that's when my, my life will change. I'll figure out what's next for me. (laughs) (laughs) You could write a book, Amy. You could write a book. (laughs) I would like to do that. I will will buy it. I will buy it. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) A a homeschooling coach or homeschooling. Yes. Yes. I love that. Actually, I love to help families get started. I actually have um, held various workshops in the summer for families who are interested and, and I like to come alongside parents as they get, you know, get going with it and give them resources and um, connect them with people and that kind of thing. So that that really is a passion of mine. Interesting. This is because coming from Germany, uh, homeschooling is flat out illegal there. Mm-hmm. And oh, sure. there are some high profile stories and families who have left Germany specifically to come to the U.S. because they knew here it's a it's a commonly accepted thing to do. Sure. And, you know, during the 80s and 90s, uh, parents who homeschooled here were challenged and they um, they were charged with truancy sometimes and they were threatened with um, prosecution for child neglect just because, you know, they were homeschooling and some families, you know, just share stories that they had to hide inside their homes with the drapes fully drawn and, you know, they couldn't be out. They certainly couldn't be at Target during a public school day. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so things have changed a lot. And I, I do, I am really thankful for the freedom we have, especially in Minnesota, state by state, some things are a little bit different, but in Minnesota, there's a lot of trust in the parents to do what we think is best. So, so that is really nice. Mm-hmm. The other thing that, that sometimes we get questions about is, um, you know, what about uh, sports or choir, oh, sure. or, mm-hmm. you know, those mm-hmm. sorts of things. And, you know, we're really blessed to live in the area that we do because uh, there are homeschool sports teams. Uh, they compete against other teams, you know, some some Christian schools, some uh, other schools, smaller schools. But, uh, you know, our kids have been involved in 
basketball and volleyball and trap shooting as part of a homeschool team. Uh, there's a there's a sizable choir uh, that they're involved in. And, and, you know, so there are just, there are lots of opportunities because there are so many families that do it in the area. And, and so yeah. they've, our kids have had the experience of, you know, playing on a sports team and winning and losing and, you know, being a, a teammate and those sorts of things as well. And I, I guess we should probably add though, that that is completely fueled and it's run by parents. Um, so that, that's maybe one of it, it's good and it's also hard but anything our kids want to do it's up to us to you know get a group going or or you know be really thankful to other parents who are maybe completely volunteering their time but you know often like in basketball in choir and that kind of thing there's mandatory volunteer hours in order to make it happen um so it's not like just a, if your kids went to public school you could just sign them up for something and there they go so it, it is different that way, but it, it's fully worth it. Uh, Amy, I was going to ask you, so uh, yeah, you are a professionally trained, classically trained educator. What's been the subject or the topic that has been the most challenging for <laughs> you personally to get your arms around? I mean, you have to be everything. You're the viad coach. You're the <laughs> science teacher. You're the health instructor. What's What's been some of the tougher challenges for, oh, for, for sure you? It's- for sure, it's math at all levels. <laughs> that was my hardest class in college is teaching math to elementary. <laughs> um, so I was thankful to find that there's really great curriculum um, called teaching textbooks. And the kids, you know, in the past, it was little CD-ROMs. They'd pop it in and um, there was, you know, an instructor that taught the lesson and then give them some practice problems and then off they went. And then if they didn't get it right, they could try again. They could get hints. They could go back and watch the lecture again. And then um, there was also, it was also self-correcting. So it was pretty hands-off for me, although I did go ahead and watch the lecture with them every day when they were younger, just so that I could help when I could. Um, But honestly, what has been most helpful is that as they've gotten older, some friends and I swap the subjects that we enjoy the most. And so I have often led creative writing classes and language arts type things. And I have a friend who used to be a high school math teacher um, who also really loves science. Um, I have a couple of friends who love math and science. And so we've swapped subjects in that way. And that way the kids you know, can be with a couple other kids for those subjects too. So, cool. yeah, so the co-op, Sometimes it's co-ops just with a few families or even just one family. And sometimes it's, you know, it's a big co-op at a local church where there's a hundred kids and once one day a week and, you know, they get kind of a more normal school experience. Um, uh, The co-op that our kids were part of when they were younger, um, they actually even had like a PE time. Um, They had show and tell, that kind of thing. So it was really anything that I thought they might be missing. There was something to fill that gap. Fantastic. All right. I'm going to look around the Zoom room here and see if anyone has any questions for Amy. Otherwise, (laughs) well, you know, I I could schedule a two hour uh, extra (laughs) episode just with Amy because I could ask her 5,000 more questions. But (laughs) we'll leave it at that. I'll curb my enthusiasm for now. Recurring (laughs) guest invite. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Exactly. Actually, I think you would be an amazing homeschool parent if you didn't already have a good thing going. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) I, I think part of the 
requirements in order to uh, secure Amy as a guest today was that instead of our normal lightning round where we would come up with it, our special guest was going to lead the lightning round at oh the boy. end of our show today. So <laughs> why don't we take... harder than a homeschooler? <laughs> well, let's find out. <laughs> All right. Give yourselves just a moment to focus and uh, get a drink of water. Get yourself mentally prepared and we'll come back to do the lightning round quiz. Okay, welcome back to our rousing uh, discussion on homeschooling. And we are to the lightning round uh, time, gentlemen. And uh, this time our special guest, uh, Ian Grays, my my lovely spouse, uh, is going to be asking the questions in a challenge section of, are you smarter than a homeschooler? Um, I will admit, I have some trepidation about this because... <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the questions are. I don't know what the answers are, but I do know what our kids have learned and many of those things would stump me. Um, so uh, this will be a very interesting and dynamic uh, lightning round for all of us and hopefully we'll, <laughs> we'll emerge successful. Uh, so uh, Mrs. Braze, uh, we will turn it over to you for the lightning round. Okay, well, you're in luck because I'm not a meanie, so I'm not actually titling this, Are You Smarter Than a Homeschooler? <laughs> because I'm not sure that I would pass that test. And so um, instead, these will be questions about homeschooling specifically. So the first question, first three questions will go to Axel. Okay, number one. And three this, questions at once. All right. This should be... This shouldn't be too hard for you, Axel, because you actually cited it. Approximately how many families are homeschooling in the United States today or as of 2021? Oh, number of families, I couldn't tell you, but I read that it's 9 million students. There you go. That works. Oh, okay, good. Yes, according to the United States Census Bureau. Mm -hmm. I'm already it, a little bit nervous because you don't even get multiple choice on your question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pick, pick okay. any number between one and 100 million. million. <laughs> okay. Well, they actually get easier until your bonus question, Adam. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Number two, Axel. Which of the following famous people were homeschooled? A. Thomas Edison. B. Teddy Roosevelt. C. Agatha Christie. D. Alexander Graham Bell. Or E. All of the above. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'm going to go with E. All of the above. That is correct. All right. The list could have gone on and oh, on. Oh, I bet. Yes. So, okay. Number three, a homeschool teacher must have which of the following? A, a bachelor's degree. B, a teaching degree. C, a desire to teach his or her children. Or D, a maid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, the uh, C, the desire. That's right. Right. All right. Um, yep. There is. There's no teaching degree or even bachelor's degree if if it's a parent. Yep. Yep. Um, now, if it's not a parent, then there is a degree that's required. Oh, interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. So okay. You could homeschool someone else's children, but then there are some more requirements. Got it. So okay. Num. Uh, let's see. Good job, Axel. Thank you, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Joe, number four, which of the following is legally required in the state of Minnesota to homeschool? A, report cards, 
B, 180 days of school, C, one standardized test per year, or D, weekly lesson plans? Oh, you touched on some of these. So I thought it was going to be in all of the above. Um, ooh, it's either B or C. I'm going to do the 180 days. Oh, good try, Joe. But it's actually uh. not. I And it's probably maybe the way I shared it was confusing that I think I said typically most schools and what I meant was most public schools do 180, but uh, we right. are not. So I'm glad that we actually had a chance to revisit that because homeschoolers are not required to do any certain number of days. Um, you can say your lifestyle is homeschooling and do year round, or you can do specifically six months. Um, so it actually is C, one standardized test per year is the legal requirement. Okay. So, okay. Um, this one should be easier. Number five. Which of the following statements is false? A, homeschooled students often struggle with socialization. B, homeschooled students typically score above average on the ACT and SAT. C, homeschooled students are actively recruited by colleges. It's A, the socialization one. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, last question for you, Joe. Number six, which of the following activities are available to homeschooled children in Rochester, Minnesota? A, cross country, B, choir, C, foreign language classes, D, art classes, E, prom, or F, all of the above and more? Only because I know you and your family's experience, I will say this is all of the above. <laughs> that is right. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> right. I was surprised about the prom. Um, I do remember one of the grandparents was worried about there not being a prom one day for our kids. And sure enough, <laughs> there's a prom, but so far only one of them has been interested. So. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, Adam, moving on to you. Great job, Joe. Hey, thanks. <laughs> okay, Adam. I'm ready. Oh, this actually is a little hard. It's going to be like, who's your favorite teacher? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one. Okay, uh, number seven, Adam, you can have help from your buddies. In what year was the word <clears throat> homeschool first included in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary? Oh, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did get the tough one. <laughs> is, is, this, uh, is this a multiple choice option? Well, I'll give you a clue. Actually, it's very interesting. It's the year that you and I first met online. Ooh, so uh, 1990... <laughs> Eight. Yes. Good job. <laughs> nice work. Okay. We hadn't we hadn't yet met in person until yes. nineteen ninety nine. December of nineteen ninety-eight. Yes. That's correct. Yes. And who would have known that that was the year homeschool was now in the dictionary? <laughs> it was fate. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yeah. I think that would have scared you away if I had expressed an interest. <laughs> yeah, our first date, that's probably so, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> right? I nearly spit coffee all over my desk right now. <laughs> Joe remembers. <laughs> okay. Uh, number eight, Adam. Yep. A homeschooled child can learn from which of the following ways? A, a parent. B, an online class that the parent selects. C, a weekly co-op. D, independently through books, videos, and websites. E, another homeschool parent. Or F, all of the above. 
all of the above. Yes, good job. Okay, number nine. The most rewarding thing about homeschooling for me has been A, the kids sleeping in, (laughs) B, the discount at museums, zoos, and stores, C, close family relationships, D, a good excuse to buy lots of books, (laughs) E, the opportunity for our kids to learn at their own pace, or F, both and I'll tell you the things instead of the letters since there were a lot. Both. Oh, I mixed the order up. <laughs> <laughs> how about how about you just answer which ones you think? <laughs> uh, um, the I'm going to go with the close family relationships. I'm going to go with the opportunity to buy lots of books. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to go with those two. Okay, that um, actually what I had written down was close family relationships and opportunity for kids to learn at their own pace with also a little bit of the excuse to buy lots of books. That is true, (laughs) true. But I do have a bonus question for you, Adam. Okay. Maybe the hardest one of all. Is Is this a bonus question just for me or for everyone? Just for you. Okay. I'm putting you on the spot here. What grade are our kids in this year? (laughs) no chance no no i I can get this i can get this so we have a freshman in high school we have a senior in high school who is completing his second year in community college Mm -hmm. and we have actually this last one is the hardest because we have a (laughs) we have a junior it's like a junior a sec a second year junior in college that is right good is job that, is you that got it. technically right I don't that's technically right yep because she added on an extra minor for next year so yes mm-hmm. otherwise she would have been a senior yep in college this semester yes yep she'll Ooh. student teach in the fall mm-hmm. see I know something about my kids nice work schooling. Good job. when they were younger <laughs> when they were younger that would have been harder and even for me too really yeah. because you just don't think about it that way <laughs> so right right oh well thank you mrs brace uh for sharing your knowledge with us this has been um this has been way better than our normal podcast oh absolutely oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. top five material exactly yeah. and start putting together your business plan for your uh, career after uh, homeschooling because i think your advice and information and experience would certainly be helpful to people looking to go down this road as well so get mm. that business plan ready i think <laughs> okay we'll do <laughs> maybe we should have a regular segment on here called ask amy there you go. <laughs> and in, in a few years, you know, when Amy has is a successful author, she'll be asked, how did you come up with this idea? And she'll say, well, one day I was on a podcast and it yes. struck me. Very popular podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. It was a moment. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and that brings us uh, to a close on this podcast again. Uh, Amy, thank you for sharing with us. Uh, uh, if people have questions, I'm sure they could post them to our Facebook site and uh, definitely follow us there. I'm sure you'd be happy to answer those. And Sure. Uh, and there's, gentlemen. I mean, if anyone is considering it and just, you know, has some worries or doubts or doesn't think that they're able to do it, I, there's a lot of time left before next fall. So I'd be happy to meet with anyone who might want some help or even just online support them that way. 
Very awesome. So until next time, gentlemen, I think that's a wrap. All right. You guys have a wonderful weekend. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Amy. Bye-bye.